Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And always remember to take it easy. You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A. And always remember to take it easy. And we are live. Welcome to Profile Pod TV. I am your host, Double A, back in this piece for another exciting episode of Profile Pod TV, man. Yeah, we got a great show in store for you tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't, can't wait to get our guests on, man, because I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, bit here. Uh, but before we get into our um, the meat and potatoes of everything, I uh, just want to say a, a few things. Um, as you know, we always have a couple announcements. We do our shout outs and stuff on profile pod tv here real quick um yeah already seen uh, pie cruiser what's up already in the in the comments what's going on brother thank you for being here man so yeah real quick man you don't don't forget to subscribe to profile pod tv as you know um you have the little um uh the logo there at the bottom right hand corner of your screen click on that and then click on the subscribe button and you're good man uh, support the cause support the show if you like the show then you know one way you can show support and love is, is is subscribing to profile pod tv so i really appreciate that man if you guys could do that and um click on that subscribe button as uh, we always say here every week um so yeah it, it always always uh subscribe man it's a um and all as don't forget okay we can uh advertise here if you, if you want to promote your podcast, maybe you got a, a you know a small business, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're uh, you got you know you got a small you know a video a music video coming up, you're a musician, uh, short film. Let me know. Hit me up in the DM on Instagram, and I'll get you on. Um, we will promote promote you. Just like tonight, man. I got a shout out. Um, ranting with ramos podcast check out ranting with ramos um that guy does some really cool stuff in the community man he does like like bonafide journalism check out his podcast super cool man the guy was uh, doing a lot of for the community back in when uh, all that drama was happening with the uh well it's still unfortunately kind of happened but when um we had a rise in the uh you know the street vendor drama that was going on the controversy earlier this year um uh that uh, ranting with Ramos was doing their part in uh, trying to get, um, trying to show support and supporting those guys. They were out in in the street. They were actually out in the street and um, doing their thing out there and, and, and sh- supporting those guys, those street vendors. So check out ranting with Ramos podcast you will not be mistake. Uh, so you will not be sorry that you checked that out, man. So check out uh, big shout out to those guys. So really like what you guys do, man. Um, also support the diamond Christmas toy drive going on until December 19th. 
and our, you know, when we bring on Tito, we can talk a little bit more about that. But man, that's a, that's a great thing going on. Um, check out the uh, localheartsfoundation.org uh, for more information on how to donate a toy. Again, it's going on uh, through December nineteenth. So check that check that one out, and uh, uh, that's a that's a big big uh, event going on going down, man. Uh, we did a little toy drive a couple weeks ago at the, uh, the city of La Puente. Some of you may know a uh, lot of special stuff going on, man. So get involved out there you know i hope uh, most of us are in the spirit of giving you know it is christmas season so let's let's um let's help those out man who are less fortunate who are needy and try to get involved somehow so lots of uh you know local agencies out there nonprofits doing doing things so holding events so get involved man it's a great feeling it's a great uh it's very rewarding you're helping others and um it's a beautiful thing, especially nowadays, man. We, you know, we need, we need to help uh, and, and be generous and, and giving and uh, help others that are in need. So uh, get involved, guys. Get involved. Um, so let, let's go ahead and, and get into our, um, you know, our guest. Uh, and remember, this is a, a live show. It's an interactive show. So if you have a, a question or comment, I'll do the best I can to post it on the screen. And we'll present it to our guest. And... Um, We'll address it. We'll address it, man. So, and, uh, and don't forget to follow on Instagram at ProfilePodTV underscore Twitter at ProfilePodTV. Um, follow us on, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher, all the big, uh, all the platforms. So again, man, thank you guys, wherever you're tuning in from, for being here. If you're watching the replay, thank you. If you're listening on the audio, thank you so much, man. So, um, a million thanks to everyone. Uh, Joe Sanchez, shout out. What's up, guys? Thank you for being here. Uh, so, yeah, let's, without further ado, let's get into our guest, man. This gentleman is, um, you know, the epitome. He, he, he represents why I created this podcast, created this platform, because through my guests, I aim to inspire. I aim to uh, motivate, you know, hopefully. And, and, I, and I, I want to bring on people who are doing extraordinary things to inspire the human spirit you know and this gentleman is the essence of of what 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 this is you know the epitome the epitome he's got a great story man um he produced uh records for uh the biggest names in hip-hop bottom line period in the story um he grew up in long beach and uh, we're gonna hear his story tonight but um without further ado everybody let's please welcome our guest of the evening, from president and founder of the Local Hearts Foundation, Mr. Tito Rodriguez, a.k.a. The Hood Santa. Tito, how are you, boss? What's going on, man? Double A, the man. What's the word, dude? Thanks, oh, for, that. Thanks for that introduction, bro. You may, I was like, is, who's he talking about? <laughs> I'm like, wow, all that, huh? Thank you, bro. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, no, thank you, man, for taking the time. I appreciate you. I know you're a busy man. And it's always it's always a, a, an honor to to catch a big fish, man. And and uh, we did just that tonight. And and yeah, well, I can't can't thank you enough for being here, man. How, how's everything going down in in, in uh, Downey, man? Long Beach, bro. Come on, no, no, everything's good. <laughs> everything is good, dude. Uh, you know, uh, just alive, bro. Blessed, you know. Uh, on here with you talking about life and all the good things that we got going on with life. You were good, man. We can't complain. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. We're, we're, you know, we're here in the full swing of, of Christmas season. 
and uh, you got a lot going on. I know uh, we'll get into everything that you've got going on with Local Hearts Foundation and, uh, and the LBC. And um, but yeah, man, uh, what, what before we get into, you know, all of your your your, um, your foundation and, and everything you got going on, man, your charity work, and I kind of want to take it back a little bit. Tito. Okay. Take sure. it back to to uh, when you were a little tyke, you know, a young guy growing up in in, in Long Beach. Um, you're born and raised in Long Beach, correct? Right, right. Born and raised in Long Beach. Uh, grew up on 15th Street pretty much my whole life. Just moved on down the same street, up up the street. You know, typical Mexican family. You move, but just down the street <laughs> from your yeah. old house. You know, uh, yeah. Pretty much uh, my whole childhood was on that street. Yeah, yeah. You know, I worked in Long Beach, um, by the way, down on 7th and uh, I think Cherry, near 7th and Cherry. Yeah, where the 7-Eleven's at. Exactly, exactly. There used to be, a, I think, a big lots right there. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 7th and One Apparel. Yeah. 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 I, I used to skate right there. They had a big red curve where we all used to skate at, right? They knocked it down because the people would hang out there and skate for days, you know? But, yeah, I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, no, at Long Beach, man, I'd, I'd go into work every day, and it was a. Uh, it was Where'd always. Where'd you work? There was always. A, it was this little. Uh, I was doing loans, basically. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. They were on the corner. Um, pay, actually, payday loans. They were payday loans. And this was like, oh, man, I want to say like 04. Oh, yeah, wow. 04, 04, 05. And uh, I was only there for about six months. And. Um, and then there was another location. They had a few locations. The other location was down on um, or near Long Beach Poly area. Um, okay. What's that street over there? Is it Martin? Atlantic. 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 Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You worked right there, huh? Next to next to Poly in the shopping center there, or where? Uh, where oh my goodness, I, I don't recall exactly what was there. It was. It wasn't. Uh, it was a. I'd say. Um, it wasn't adjacent to Polly, but it was near. It was like you know, was a couple blocks away. Yeah, but it was in the vicinity there, man. Vicinity and that spot's it, dangerous right there, bro. Yeah, that man. Spot, I, that spot's dangerous, bro. Yeah, so I grew up in that neighborhood. That my whole life, I would walk up and down. Never know, I was in danger. I was just a kid, you know. Yeah. But you know, would see cops and gangs day in, day out. You know, uh, now that I'm an older man, old man, who say, you know, like I think about my childhood memories and all that, like. I never once thought I was in danger. You know what I mean? Just walking by, bullets on the walls, you know, gangbangers hanging on the corner, walking right by. What up? You know, I just keep walking. Yeah. What up, Tito? What up, boys? We'll skate by them, whatever, you know? I never I never thought of it like that, you know? But now, going, you know, thinking about it, like, dang, it was, it's, it's a rough neighborhood. It's a, a rough place to grow up in. But I like to say there's no place like it because it's so multicultural that you get to learn a little bit about everybody. And as you get older, those are wonderful things to have, you know, because you learn how to respect different cultures, how to talk to people, you know, all that thing. It, 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 it was the best uh, upbringing I could have asked for, you know. No, no doubt, man. It, it, exactly. Um, yeah, it was, it's kind of a melting pot. That's one thing I noticed about Long Beach when I was working there um, is, yeah, you get a, a little bit of everything, man. You get, a, you know, Latinos, you get, the, you know, African American, you get Asian, you get Caucasian, a little bit of everything, man. And um, yeah, it, it, you get to you get to know people from all these backgrounds and cultures, and and um, you know, there's not, yeah, that's a, that's that's a wonderful thing, man. No doubt, man. It's yeah. I love it, man. I love it. I had the beach up the street. 
I skateboarded, you know, I did all that cool, cool stuff that your typical kid would do that didn't grow up in Long Beach. Most kids my age, a lot of my friends turned into gangbangers, you know, and I chose not to do that. You know, I, I had my brother who, who was tough and, you know, uh, it taught me the value of like m being a man at, you know, he was a young, young guy when, uh, when my dad committed suicide, he was just a teenager, you know, and uh, he stepped up and took responsibility to teach me, you know, and I'm so thankful for, for those beatings that I got, <laughs> you know, at the, at the time, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that obviously I deserved them all. You just beat me for no reason, but you know, you know, at the time you hated and, and, you know, all that, because you're seeing all your friends do all this other stuff and you want to go, you know, get in trouble too. You don't even know you're going to get in trouble, but I had my brother uh, and my sisters to to step up and say, no, 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 I don't think so. Get out of there. Get, you're doing the wrong thing. Here, give us your skateboard or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So it was yeah. cool. And I had, you know, I had my cousins who were gangbangers, you know, so like uh, I had to stay away from them, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? It was funny because one cousin would tell me, stay away from him. And the other cousin would tell me, stay away from him, you know? So <laughs> it was, you know, now I think about it exactly. It's hilarious, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, and yeah. At least, at least they loved me, you know, uh, enough to tell me to stay away from the nonsense, you know? And uh, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, man. So I grew up in Long Beach. I, you know, I was a little breakdancer kid. I did that. My brother taught me how to breakdance, had me breaking against grown men. You know that kind of thing and then uh you know i started uh after that you know i did sports like everybody uh you know to a degree because you know sports cost money and we didn't have money you know so i only got to do it for for a little bit because of the money factor you know no money you don't play you know that uh uh then you know i started uh skateboarding i got you know skateboarding is one of those things that uh you got to be self-motivated. You got to have some nuts to skateboard because you're alling, you know, you're alling off, you know, 15 foot planks or whatever, right? You know, yeah. you got, you got, you got to be, uh, uh, you got to be brave to be a, a successful skater, anyhow, right? Somebody who's gonna be good and get free stuff like me, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. back in the days, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and it's one of those things that uh, there's kind of no, there is no hate in skateboarding. Like I remember my friends being hyped that I did something, you know, it's like one of those things. It's, it's, they were supportive. They were supportive. Yeah. Amazing. You know, you're like, yeah, you ripped it or whatever. Yeah. Sick. You know, it's one of those things. It's just you challenging you. And then uh, after that, you know, I, uh, I started doing graffiti like most kids, you know, at that time, you know, uh, yeah, it just kind of, kind of got my hands tied up and, and did a bunch of stuff that at the time was cool to me. And, made me, you know, molded me into the personality I am now. You know, I, I, I got to, you know, see the struggle up close, live the struggle, you know, uh, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And not that I'm not that I'm not in the struggle now. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I, I got to see all that and live all that the way we were born. And, you know, you know, you're either born with things or you're born into the world and you make right. something happen, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I got taught that, that work ethic and that, uh, get the job done kind of mentality by my brother, you know, get it done, get it done, work hard. You'll never be broke. Those are like lessons that my brother always told me, you know, bro, work hard. You'll never be broke. So I, that's always stuck in the back of my mind that whenever mm -hmm. I got into something, I had to go all out. And some people might say, Oh, Tito's nuts. You know, he does all this stuff, you know, and <laughs> you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. But you know, I always went super hard at whatever I did, which if it was music, if it was skateboarding, if it was break dancing, 
I always try to be the best, bro. I, that was something that that was put into my into my uh, to my character as a kid. My brother used to have me doing windmills in our garage, bro, for hours, hours. <laughs> you know, I would be black and blue, my shoulders. You know, you're pretty yeah. much spinning on concrete using your body, right? You know, and that ain't, you're supposed to be doing that, you know. But <laughs> on concrete, you know no what I mean. Sometimes we had, you know, linoleum on top of concrete. It's concrete, just slicker, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah, uh, you know, then, you know, uh, you know, sports, you know, you got to be the best, you know, you got to, you got to be faster. You got, you know, so like, you know, as a kid, you, you, you know, I'm a firm believer that a lot of kids are like one adult from being great. You know, if they have that one adult in their family, they they can be whatever, you know, if you can, if you can get them to believe, you know, and then, uh, I started doing graffiti, and that's kind of when I got uh, a little bit nuts. I started uh, wilding out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I started wilding uh, out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Started hanging out with oh, those were all my boys too. They were skaters. Some of them went to the dancing scene because around that time, dancing came back. I don't know if you remember that, but dancing oh, yeah, came man. back, and they, I, I could have came back and probably beat everybody, but I, I was just not interested because I was a little kid doing that already. So. I went to graffiti, you know what I mean? So Move I got to the next thing. Yeah, I, I went guess. to graffiti. Yeah. You know, I would see my friends trying to do windmills and I would be laughing like, dude, <laughs> you know, you know, and I would just do a head spin, <laughs> you know, because I already, yeah. I had done that since I was a little kid. So it was, uh, I, I ended up uh, doing graffiti. I joined a, a local crew, you know, in my neighborhood, uh, got in trouble. I ended up, um, Robbing the 7-Eleven three times in one night and uh, paid the price, you know. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Price. Uh, they came and got me and uh, took Tito, me to take, jail. Take us, take us in the. Well, before I get, we, we I wanted to ask you about that one, but uh-huh. we, let, let me back up real quick. Um, okay. You mentioned your your father passed. How old were you when that happened? I was six. Okay, oh. and uh, and so it, it seems like uh, your older your older brother. Yeah, my brother Raul. Well, yeah, he he. It seemed like he kind of assumed that, that the older uh, mentor figure for you. He ended yeah. up being the. Your, your, and and how much older is he than you though? Or how much now? How much older is he than you? I think he. I think he might be uh, nine years older than me. Okay, so he he was you know growing up he was the eight or nine years older than me. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the man, bro. Okay, he was. He ended up being your your your, your father figure, your mentor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and and, and so I, how was the? Um, I mean, do you remember that that time? I mean, um, what, 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 do you remember when your when your father passed? What uh, how devastating that was for you? You know what? To be completely honest, I I, I don't I don't you know I I I don't I was I was too little to mm. to uh, to have that. I would say you know. I'm, it affected me, but not like that. You know, it affected yeah, my you, brothers and sisters. Uh, I would say, you know, more than me because they already had built that 15, 14 year old relationship with with our dad, right? And me, I was just a kid. But you know, uh, yeah, my brother stepped up, bro. My brother okay. stepped up as a young man, as a teenager, pretty much, and mm. took on the the role of uh, the man of the house. You know, uh, yeah. of all of us, pretty much, and. Uh, I don't know if I could have did that at his age. You know, he was he was a man, bro. He was a good dude. He he to this day, you know, he's still solid. My brother, my brother's a champ, bro. My That's brother cool. held it down. My brother uh beat me. You know, obviously I I deserve it. I don't oh, mean it like that. 
but it was all it was, it was well deserved and uh yeah it was uh it wasn't for nothing and uh my brother also bought me my first car so it was wow. deserved it was earned you know he yeah, never yeah. he never did uh anything uh to me to to hurt me it was always for the right reasons my brother gotcha. my brother's a well thought out man and you know anytime i ever got in trouble or anytime i i did something that was silly and he he got involved he would what are you doing? Ba 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 ba. Yeah. And talk me out of it with these, <laughs> you know. Yep. But gotcha. And you are you the youngest sibling? Uh, yeah. In your family. Yeah. yeah. So I was the baby when my dad passed away, and now I got two younger sisters. My mom ended up getting remarried, and I got two baby sisters. But yeah, I was the baby of the family when my dad uh, passed away. I see. I see, man. So so yeah, big shout out to your brother, man, and. Um, so going back to the the Seven Eleven thing, man, what what happened there? So take us through. You said three times <laughs> you robbed it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got. How old I, were you? How old were you when this happened? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Now were you were you by yourself? Or were you with some yeah, friends? Yeah, I was by myself. I was. By okay, myself. Did you pl- did you plan this out? No, how, how did this- no. I just walked in and took a bunch of beers and ran out. Oh, okay. And- you yeah, didn't hold no. it up or anything, or you didn't hold, on, hold on, hold on. So then I, I went back, I went back, and then uh, I did it again. And the guy was like, "What the heck? This little punk's back in here." You know what I mean? So I, uh, I went back, and uh, the third time I went in there and made like some chili dogs and took another like two eighteen packs. And he tried to grab me, so I went like this, you know. Yeah. And then you know, ah, you know. She got hurt, so they they raided my house. They knew where I lived. You know, the the cops knew who I was right away. They came to our house. Uh, they raided my house. My poor mom, you know, screaming oh, at yeah. me, crying. You know, yeah. So they came and got me. Uh, I ended up going to juvenile hall. You know, uh, got in trouble. Uh, cops, the judge later on found out there hadn't been a school. You know, it's a process. You don't. You know, you go to you get your trial and your you know your your dates and all that. Before you know it, you're fighting a year and all that, you know, uh, time-wise with them. But you're getting, they're trying to sentence you for 20-something years or whatever, you know, because it's everything has a charge. So later on when they found out I didn't have a gun, you know, things dropped tremendously. Da, 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 da. Where's the gun? Where I didn't have no gun. Well, we got you on camera. So, yeah, but I don't have no gun. Got me on oh. camera like this, but I, I didn't have no gun. You didn't have so, one. Okay. No, 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 no. I didn't have one. I, 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 ne- I never was that kind of dude. I never, I never wanted to... I never wanted to hurt anybody. I never wanted to, I never wanted to be that dude, you know, uh, yeah. that wasn't in me, you know, but I just did that because that's what you do when you're going to get grabbed, you know, when you're 16 <laughs> so, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I did that. And, uh, yeah, so they sent me to juvenile hall and I, I shattered my mom, you know, her, I broke my mom's heart. And then, uh, that day, you know, that was kind of the worst day of my life. You know, it was like getting sentenced. It wasn't even jail. It wasn't none of that. It was, the uh, the letdown that I saw in my mom's face, the heartbreak mm. that, that I saw in my mom's face when uh, when they sentenced me, that was the worst part of it all, bro. It was, uh, I still remember that feeling, you know? Uh, and here I am, you know, I was being disrespectful to my mom for years. Like, I would get in trouble and, why are you doing that? All right, mom, here. I would take her a belt, a high heel, and say, hit me 10 times, get it over with. Hit me five, the hardest you got, go. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Five more, get it over with. I got to go outside. Go, bah, 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 bah. I would uh, go out and, uh, you know, I, I was just a kid. I, I didn't, 
I didn't even know what I was doing. I got to go. My homies are outside, you know, boom, take off. But yeah, that day, dude, yeah. when, when, uh, when it finally came to sentencing day, I had, uh, my wife, uh, was like my teacher. <laughs> she was doing all my packets cause I hadn't been to school for years, you know? So the judge was like, wait a minute. Like you haven't been to school for two years. Like what have you been doing? I didn't go to high school, went to eighth grade pretty much. Right. What have you been doing? Yo, you think you're a cowboy, huh? He was, he was pissed that I hadn't yeah. been to school. And that I had just committed this terrible thing, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, I had to go back to school. And they put me like in, uh, I was in like a kindergarten class, bro. <laughs> you know, pretty <laughs> much, you know, like two plus two. Uh, four? Hey! Oh. <laughs> you know? So I was like acing through it. And on top of that, I was cheating. I had my wife doing all the homework. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, then I started I started working with my brother. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, when, when you... Uh, you know they give you all these uh these uh, uh these rules don't get caught here don't go here don't do yeah. this don't do that so you know it was like like i had a gang injunction i wasn't even in a gang you know pretty much you know it's like don't go here watch out there if we see you with yeah. this guy you're in trouble it's like what the hell i live right here what do you mean don't come out the house you know so yeah i uh i uh, uh i pretty much uh uh did what they said and then my public defender came out the day of sentencing and he said Hey man, you're pretty much like one of the best kids that that I've had come in here. Like you listen to all the judges, you know, requests. You're going to school. You're doing good in school. You got a job. That's incredible, right? You're doing everything you're supposed to do. Uh, you seem you ain't got in trouble. You've been kind of doing the right thing. Your teachers are writing letters about you, kind of saying you're a good kid. You made a mistake. Give you a chance. Uh, I, you're not gonna do nothing. You're probably going to get probation, but be cool because if they give you probation and you break it, all this case is going to come back and it's going to bite mm. you in the butt, right? Yeah. So not knowing, I'm just a kid, you know, I'm just like, all right, I don't really, I'm, to me, I just heard you're not going to go to jail. So I was so happy, you know? And uh, yeah, of course, dude, they yeah. got me in there, Rodriguez, and they make you stand up, you know, and you're facing the judge. I'm, you know, still very immature in my mind, you know? I'm thinking uh-huh. like, all right, cool. He's going to say, good, go home. And it's, woo! you know, I'm going uh-huh. home, you know? So dude, he says, Mr. Rodriguez, I like everything you're doing. Keep up the good work, son. I like that you're going to school. I like that you're getting good grades. Oh, and you got a job and they're writing these letters about you. That's wonderful. But that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. What you did is serious. And I was like, huh? Like, like what? I thought I was going to go home. He said, uh, so. I think it's, I think jail, this is, this is how much of scumbags these damn, these freaking judges, power abusers they are, right? He decided what was going to be good for me. He said, so I think the jail would be good for you. And I was like, huh? He said, turn around, bro. (laughs) Turn around. That was the worst part of it all, bro. So I turned around. Now I'm facing my mom while they're handcuffing me. Yeah. Bro, my mom breaks down in the courthouse. Oh. Ah, you know, like I'm looking at her, bro, and uh, that was mm. that was terrible, bro. That letting her down like that. My little sister was a baby. She starts crying, oh, and I'm like yeah. looking at them, like like relax, like like it's okay, like it's okay, you know. But yeah, that was terrible, bro. That was probably one of the worst days ever to, for me, you know, as uh, growing up and getting in trouble and all that. Would you say that's uh was that the turning point there that moment yeah. or you know, the whole yeah. thing in your life? Was your brother there, bro? In, in, yeah. In, in yeah. The 
No, he wasn't in the courtroom. Uh, he was at work. My brother, he what he, he started his own business when he was uh, eighteen. He a plumbing business, and mm. he already had a family. And you know, he was he was like he was. Oh wow! Work, 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 work. Still to this day, he's like that. But no, nah, you know, he he knew what was going on. But you know, my mom had my mom was there. You know, so yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was uh that when I went to jail, uh, that. That that changed me forever because I said this this is not a place for it's not a place for anybody but for me it was terrible it was terrible bro mm. it was like went in there and I was like I was tripping dude because when I got arrested trip out on this story I, I never I never told anybody this on any kind of podcast so I'm get where I'm arrested right and they take us in the back of a little bus it's a juvenile hall bus and uh, they got the blacks sitting first, and they got the Mexicans, and then they got the Asians, right? Which I don't know okay. anything about. Like I, I, I don't have. I'm not in the gang. I don't. I don't get down with that. I don't. I'm friends with everybody. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. So, dude. So, I get in the in the bus. I'm handcuffed with my one of my homies, Danny, who got in trouble with me when they raided my house. He had just got out of juvenile hall, so he got caught being with me when they arrested me and they charged him for hanging out with a criminal or whatever, right? He had nothing to do with it pretty much. So they send him back. They gave him nine months, bro. He had just got out like two weeks. Okay. Uh -huh. So I'm feeling terrible for him too. I'm like, damn, like, like that sucks. You know, I, right. I mean, you know, it wasn't like, I didn't, not my fault, but my fault kind of thing, you know, like I I, you. he didn't do nothing. He was just with me. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, they uh, they put us in the bus and he's like, don't trip, bro. This will go by fast. And and I'm looking at him and all I can think about is my mom. You know, I'm like, yeah. like this guy, he like he don't have no care about his mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here I am, shattered, devastated. Right. Anyhow, I turn around and I see my homies, bro, in the back, all the Asians that I used to skate with every day. And really? that was that was my first taste of like. Uh, that I got to see, like, remember in those days, uh, uh, the Asian gang started in Long Beach. That's where they uh, all started, right? Majority yeah. Gangs, they were fighting the Mexican gangs. So I mm -hmm. turned around, and one of them was, like, one of my best friends. And he's like, yo, Tito, man, I'm sorry, bro. And I was like, no, because I said, yo, bro, what are you doing in here? I was like, because I never in a million years pictured them. They were just skater kids like me, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He said, yo, Tito, man, I'm sorry, bro. I'm from this gang. And I was like, I was like, what? I was, uh -huh. bro, I was, I was like, what the heck? Like, how? Like, I'm with you every day. Like, like <laughs> oh. skateboarding. I'm with you every day skateboarding. And he was like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm from this gang. They call me such and such. Wow. And then he said, in the day we skateboard, and in the night we turn into gangsters. And I was like, Jeez. I was like, what the hell? It's like, yeah, it, it, it was crazy to, to, to see my homies that I was skating with all day long, bro. And as soon as it turned dark, they would go home. All right, we're out of here later. And I would go home. Yeah. And I guess they were going and, you know, do some crazy stuff. And, yeah, they got he, uh, he got life in, in jail. That kid got life. Wow. Yeah, they, they ended up uh, doing something crazy. And, uh, yeah, he ended up getting a life sentence, him and the other kids. Uh, they were from a gang called, uh, I want to say Suicidals or SOS or something like that. Uh, uh, he was How much time did, did you end up doing, Tito? A few, a few, a few. Yeah, it was uh, just a few. It wasn't nothing crazy, but uh -huh. it was uh -huh. it was too much. It was uh -huh. too much. Right. <laughs> you know, it was too much. But it definitely uh, it definitely changed my life, bro. Because uh, 
I didn't want to be in there. My mom was bringing me cookies on the weekends and I was seeing my mom crying and stuff. Right. It was, it was, it was terrible, bro. It was, it was the worst, <laughs> it was the worst thing, you know? And then, uh, uh, you know, I, I got out and, uh, uh, kind of just, I got a job with my brother and then, I don't know, a couple months later, I became a type one diabetic. My pancreas shut down and, uh, uh, now I'm you know, diabetic, you know, I, I had, I, they call it juvenile diabetes where I got an insulin pump on my stomach. Look, okay. So people don't even know, you know, that look, oh. I, I got an insulin pump attached to me 24 hours a day. So this thing gives me insulin like a normal person's body would. I see. My body doesn't create that, uh, whatever it's called was, uh, insulin uh-huh. to regulate, yeah. uh, intake, food intake. But yeah, bro, I got sick. Uh, that when you were eighteen when the, when no, I was a little bit younger. Seven. A little bit younger. Yeah, seventeen, sixteen. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so you you got out of jail. You and so right away you go you go to work for your brother Tito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got out of jail, and then uh, my sister. They, you know, they give you all these uh, all these crazy restrictions. Don't get caught on Fifteenth Street. I'm like, I live on Fifteenth Street. No, don't don't hang up on this this corner. I'm like. Wait a minute, that's my corner where my house is at. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> catch you with any of these guys. I'm like, ah, I'm skating with them every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So my sister Alicia pretty much said, No, I don't think so. You're going with me. So she took me to uh, the better part of Long Beach and uh, said, No, 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 you're going to get back in trouble. Like, they pretty, that's the system, bro. You know, that's the system. They, you know, uh, you know, it's it's pretty, pretty whack, you know, because you, you send kids back out there with, where they're where they grow up at right. and you give them these crazy you know uh rules that that are not even realistic you know like don't get caught going into 7-eleven across the street from your house like <laughs> uh, i eat breakfast lunch and dinner there like my mom <laughs> and, i don't even have a mom or a dad you know it's like like right it's like it's a vicious cycle right it's terrible bro so my sister pretty much was like no you're coming with us and uh, you're coming with me and my sister alicia was the one that would bail me out of jail you know when i would get in trouble my mom, mom, stay in the car. Said, "Get well." No, she would hang up on me, you know. And then I would call my sister, whose uh, uh, only number I remembered by heart. It was five nine nine seven seven zero five. You know, I still remember it. You know, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the, the, the juvenile. I'm in the detention. Long Beach Police Department has me. Can you come pick me up? What did you do? Mom, call me. All right, I'm gonna go. And it'd be dumb stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kid I, stuff. I would, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. At what age did you feel like when that you were finally like, uh, you know, quote unquote, reformed, or where you had a handle on things and you were just on your on your way to a, a new life, man? When, when did you feel like you finally were in the clear? <laughs> he said, "Did I play handball in the pen? Nah, bro, I never made it there. Thank God. I played racquetball at, at, at what was that? Jim Bally's <laughs> and Twenty Four Hour Fitness. No, no, I, you know what, bro." I, good question, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I ever like I'm reformed. I don't even know, you know, like, or I knew, I knew that that place wasn't for me, bro. I knew, I knew just, I just knew that that wasn't a place that I, I could handle, bro. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah. I, and you know, I was in there. I knew kids in there. It wasn't like I was out of place. It was just like, no, this is not a spot for me, for anybody, you know, especially me. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do not to come back here. Yeah. And then I had my brother who was like, hey, T, little bro, you, you need to uh, you need to stay busy. You need to stay in school and 
you don't want to, if you don't like school, then you need to get to work and I'm going to take you kind of that thing. So I would go with him on the weekends. But, but I think, I think what, what changed me is when I got my wife pregnant, you know, when I got my wife pregnant. How old were you then? Uh, good question, bro. 18, <laughs> maybe 18. Okay. So yeah, yeah. that's young, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Oh yeah. That's, that's going to change you. I, I'd ask my brother for money, you know, for an abortion, not knowing what the hell I'm talking about, you know. I said, bro, yeah. I got my girlfriend pregnant. Can I, uh, can I borrow some money? And he was like, when you borrow money, you need to pay it back. You don't have no no damn job to pay no money back, you know? Yeah. Those were his words pretty much. Why? What do you need money for? I said, well, you know, I got my wife, pre- my girlfriend pregnant, and, I, you know, we looked into it or whatever, and it's $300. Child. Mm. Bro, he wanted to kill me, bro. Wow. He wow. wanted to kill me. He told me. He looked me right in the face, and he said, oh, you're one of those guys, huh? You're only a, he told me, oh, you're one of those guys. Oh, you, you're only a man of convenience. And mm-hmm. like, and he looked at me kind of like, I don't think so, bro. He told wow. me to start work tomorrow. Sure enough, he picked me up in the morning and took me to work. <laughs> he wow. took me, gave me a job, gave me a job, taught me like, uh, what it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. Even like, uh, all right, cool. You're going to work for me, but this ain't school. You better freaking learn quick. I'm not going to be paying you to learn. You better be, you better be a fast learner. And if I send you to go get some, I don't want to see you walking. You better go get it. You know, my brother, my brother brother is like Sergeant Slaughter is no joke, you know? Yeah. You know, he would, he would do stuff like, Hey, okay. Uh, uh, here's, uh, here's your paycheck, but you need channel locks and you need a hammer and you need a screwdriver, whatever tools, right? He would say, here's 300 bucks. Here's your tools. Here's a receipt. So here's your real check, 150. <laughs> you know, he would deduct the tools that he bought me. But okay. he, he would say stuff like, I need them too. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because you don't have tools. You better buy your own damn tools, you know, kind of thing, you know? Right. And, and he knew that I wasn't going to do it. So he did it with my money. But I learned, you know, I learned like, hey, you know, I got to be responsible for my own things, you know? So yeah, with my car too, my truck. He bought a truck and he said, all right, bro, whatever it was, two grand. All right. All right. Here's your check. Okay. Here, here's your two grand. All right. Here's 500 for the truck. So now you have 1500, just an example, you know, and I would right. be like, damn, I would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would be he was pissed. taxing you, huh? No, no, he wasn't taxing me. He was showing me life. Right. You know, he was showing me right. the way life, life works and how things no, exactly, yeah. in the world, you know? Right. You know, and he wanted me to understand the value of it, obviously, because if he just gives me, gives me, I, oh, you know, that's kind of what I got out of it, you know. So yeah, gotcha. so, so yeah, he 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 did all that for me, and uh, you know, uh, he 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 pretty much uh, he taught me how to be a man, bro. You know, that's great, man. I mean, what? Imagine, I mean, you know, had your brother not been there, man. Who? I mean, geez, you know, because you know, it's like a lot of kids in those situations, man. In those in that scenario. Um, you know, they, they don't have that mentorship, man, by anyone, you know, they yeah. don't have an older brother or another dad or, you know, older cousin, friend, whatever. And yeah, man, you know, they kind of, uh, they fall into that, that, that cycle, right. Fall into that life. Um, it, you know, thankfully you had him there and you were able to bounce back and, and, and continue on a different path. Um, what, uh, 
So it, it so it sounded like you you I mean shit man you you hit 16 17 18 those years were like really like very eventful in, in your life and they just they, for, I mean you you had to grow up man like you had to grow up right away man it seems like you know you, I did. you had your your baby came and you know um you had to go to work and um, you 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 had been in jail already <laughs> That sounds um, terrible, but it's not, bro. That's what every man does, right? <laughs> no, I'm saying at an early, at 18 yeah, years old, yeah, 17, yeah. 18 years old. And yeah, you know, I mean, typically, it's not, it's not, yeah, everybody has their own path, man. You know, everybody has a different path, but yeah, yeah. Um, typically, you know, the, you know, it's a, you know, it, it some, some kids, uh, they won't man up. Some, some guys don't man up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You manned yeah. up. Yeah. Line, yeah, I I had I had no choice, man. It was like uh you know, I, I had to be uh, responsible, you know. Like I, yeah. I, I you know, I keep talking about my brother, but a, a lot of a lot of it is like uh is what he he taught me, you know, since a little kid, you know, be honest, you know, work hard, be the best at whatever whatever you do, be the best at it. You know, there's there is no second place. You know that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be be the best at whatever you're gonna do. So, like, you know, even even uh, you know uh, that situation, I had to, I had to be the best at it. You know? Yeah, no doubt, man. Tell us about the um, now. You were a b boy back in the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, what? Uh, I mean, you were what? Seven, eight years old, break dancing, doing the windmills, right. nutcrackers, right. Or all that, battling. Yeah, yeah. Battling grown men or battling yeah. older guys, teenagers? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, grown-ups, 21, 18, you know. They <laughs> would, <laughs> yeah, they would sneak me into uh, oh, uh, Tony A. the Wizard, right? Uh-huh. From Rhodium Radio, right? Uh, he oh, was yeah. a DJ at a club in Long Beach, and he's about my brother's age, so maybe they were like 18, 19, you know. Uh, yeah. Tony was the DJ at Infinity or Grand Central Station, one of those, right? And uh, Okay. Uh, uh, my mom used to sell at the swap meet next to Tony's mom. So Mario, which is Tony's older brother, was like the security of the club. So him and my brother were like in cahoots. Hey, bring little Tito in here to battle through the back door, the grown-ups, grown and let them beat them all or whatever, you know? And, and so they would they would let me go in. I would battle the grown-ups, uh, just throw me in there and just dance against all the adults or whatever, and then... Uh, take me out the back door and my brother would take me to eat or he would scold me, you know, you need to practice uh -huh. on this, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right, whatever. tomorrow you're going to do 300 of these. Or I'm like, all right. <laughs> or I would go to Taco Bell, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I killed it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, my breaker name, my break, my B-boy name was, uh, was Z-Rock. Z-Rock. Okay. Yeah. How did that come about? How'd, how'd you get Z-Rock? Gosh, good, good question. I don't know. Maybe my brother gave it to me or something, you know? And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I got, I was like, uh, every day b-boying like every 24 hours a day. Like, I think that's everything that I get into. I, you know, I, I go hard at, and uh, I try to master it. You know, I, I don't want to go halfway with stuff anymore. You know, I never did, but especially now that I'm older, I I'm like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm going all out. I'm going to die trying, you know? Yeah. But that comes from back then too is uh is that kind of mentality was uh was always like put on me you know like that like, go 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 and get the job done and do it now and get it over with da, 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 you know that kind of thing yes yeah, so so i you know i i used to battle uh on the corners like left and right i would go into all the gangster parties uh you know back then you know in those days they weren't really going at it till maybe like four years after breaking stop you know it was more like hey we're having a party on 
Fork yeah. and the walnut, and all of them would go there, and everybody would break dance. And I would be the little cute little breaker boy, you know, that was, there were teens and I was seven, eight, you know, I would go in there and battle them. All right, cool. Look at this little kid, you know, kind of thing, you know, and uh, go home. My sister would walk me back home or my brother or whatever. A lot of those parties was my sister was walking me through the neighborhood. You know, my sister Liz, who's a little bit older than me, she was, she was walking me to all, Hey, they're having a backyard party over here. Let's go. And, she would take me to battle. My sister too would force me to battle too. You know, taking my little brother over there, you know. Uh-huh. People, from, uh, people from Wilmington would come to Long Beach, and uh, they had a bunch of good b boys too. And I would have to battle all of them. Wow. You know, pretty much, you know. So, so uh, uh, yeah. Did, I was did you get walking. pretty well known? Oh, in Long Beach, yeah. In Long Beach, yeah, yeah. In Long yeah. Beach, I was, I was, I was uh, well known uh, by. Uh, by everybody in in the b-boy community they they all knew me that's little tito you know uh Z Rock. yeah i battled uh remember coco from the movie breaking right tell us about that man tell us about that yeah. you battled them on the street right and- yeah i battled them around the corner from my house so uh so you know i was a little kid in long beach breaking like i said and he was a little kid in wilmington kind of same age same little thing right he was in a movie, you know. Uh, right, he was in Breaking, so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little kid that jumps out of the trash can and he starts popping or whatever, right? So okay. uh, he, he, his, his cousins live behind us, right? And uh, they yeah. would always say, hey, we're going to bring our cousin over to battle you. Like, you got to battle our little cousin. Then one day it finally happened, bro. They brought him and they, my brother came to the house and said, put your karate pants on because I was like the style. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't want to do that right now. I probably was eating dirt or riding a bike. Who knows? You know? uh-huh. Put your karate pants on. I'm like, why? Coco's on the corner. You're going to go battle him. I'm like, <laughs> oh. I'm like, all right. So we go into, <laughs> go into the apartments and they have like cardboard laid out for us. You know, like my cousins and my brother, my cousins were B-boys too. They were older than me. And uh, they uh, uh, they put some music on. You remember? And I'm like, I'm nervous, dude. I'm like, this is Coco, you know, from the movie, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. He goes, he does a couple things, and he does a knee spin. And I'm like, knee spin was like a beginner move to me, you know? And I was <laughs> like, so I went in there and did my thing. I did like some windmills real quick, and then he started crying. And it was like, oh, I won, you know? It's like, all right, cool, I won, you know? <laughs> you beat Coco, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. He literally started crying on the... Yeah, yeah, we were little kids, bro. He probably was like, what am I... Why you guys got me battling? Like, I came to visit you guys. Like, who knows what they told him, you know? He's a little kid like me, you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that made, no... that, that made my, like, my status more, you know? Yeah. Like, it, B-Rock, he did Major it. street cred, major street cred right there. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for, for b-boying, yeah. And then, uh, you know, skating, too. You know, I was pretty good at skateboarding, too, you know. So, yeah. football, football, too, bro. Like, you know. Just you played at Poly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, yeah, I played there. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was fun, bro. It was fun growing up in Long Beach. Like, dude, I dude, we used to go to a place called Hamilton Bowl. One day, if you're in Long Beach, look it up. It's called They call it a loyal. It's okay. Bad. Okay. So think it? about it. It's on. It's on PCH and Walnut. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it was just a dirt field, bro. Right. And it had a big old hole. That's why they call it a loyal, right? Con- concrete hole. No dirt. Just oh. all dirt, bro. Dirt. Just imagine a big old dirt field where uh, you know, uh, Bicas would go play soccer at. Pretty much. Right. Right? Okay. There's nothing going. And Pigman lived there. 
the Long Beach myth, Pigman. Pigman? <laughs> yeah, he's just a myth, man. We, we used to say, Pigman's in the run, you know? <laughs> you know? It was a homeless dude that lived in the in, in like a, in the little corner there. We called we ended up calling him Pig Man, you know. If okay. you're from Long Beach, you know what I'm talking about, you know. So, All right. All right. so it, when it would rain, the hole would fill up. It would fill up, dude, like five, ten feet of water, of sewer water, rain, all. So, dude, I would go in there, bro, with a bucket, like on, a, like I was in a boat, you know. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh-huh. I, I had I had a lovely. Uh, Man, my childhood was rad, bro. I used to go to Signal Hill and climb the oil pumps. You know the oil pumps? Yeah. As like a seven, eight-year-old, bro, climb all the way up top and ride them. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary, bro. It's Damn. scary. You're at the top. I was like, ah! I started going backwards. Never a dull moment, man. Never no, dull. man. I had, I had a lot of fun, man. I used to skate uh, downhills like Dude, we had BB gun fights, like stuff that's like priceless that you can't do now, you know? Right, right, yeah, exactly, man. You know, what, what was, what did you enjoy the most, though, Tito? Out of those, like the skating, the b boying, playing football. What, what was? Do you have like a favorite uh, pastime out of those? Maybe out of those three or four things? No, um, man, I loved them all, bro. Like it's yeah. hard to say which one is better, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. all good. They're all they were all good to me, and it was it was a beautiful time in my life, bro. Freaking pig man, huh? Pig man, dude. We yeah. used to be scared of pig man. Pig man's coming. Ah! <laughs> we used to dip Mega, out, you know. Mega man says he remembers that man. Uh, pig man. Eloyo I, and... I told pig man. I told Mega man about pig man. Yeah, he was just a. We he was act. He actually lived there, but you know, it was just like a myth. Be careful with pig man. You know, he's in there. You know. Yeah. yeah. So we used to ditch school in there, bro. Like third grade, he used to this school over there, and I was like, "The thing, be careful, be careful, pig man might get you," <laughs> you know. So yeah, so so one time I caught my sister and my cousin uh, talking about ditching school, and I probably was like second, third grade. And I said, "If you don't take me, I'm gonna tell my mom," you know. So they ended mm-hmm. up taking me, and uh, they probably were sixth graders or something, you know, seventh yeah, yeah. graders, and uh, they ended up taking me, and I remember sniffing paint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, back man. in the days, dude. You know, I remember that. I rem- I remember one time we sniffed paint. I was, dude. I was just a little kid, bro. Yeah. No, yeah. no kind of parental uh, supervision. Just wow. No. You know, following following your big sisters and your brother. My brother would have killed. My brother probably would have killed us if he knew we were doing this. You know. So. How old were you doing that? How old were you? Probably eight, bro. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, hey. So we they, oh. they put some paint in a, in a in a, a brown paper bag. Shh. Yeah. I remember I looked up and I saw Smurfs running out <laughs> on the ceiling. Oh my gosh, man! Because maybe I was just got done watching the Smurfs or something, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I I only saw that stuff in movies, man. I remember watching that. Uh, you know, you remember that movie? Uh, remember Boulevard Nights and uh, I didn't watch any of that stuff. Colors and colors, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but but so, um, so shifting gears a little bit, Tito. So Sorry. You, you know, no, no, no. I I because I, I, I want to get into where you transitioned into you know, to the music thing, the music scene, right? Oh yeah, about seventeen. So yeah. t- tell us how, how that came about, man. How did you kind of get into that world? And, and begin producing music, man. 
my brother-in-law Tito, his name's Tito too. He uh, he was going to like uh, Long Beach City College, right? Uh huh. Um, he was a DJ. He was a, a scratcher, right? You know, a DJ, and uh, sure. He went to he enrolled into City College uh, to produce, and uh, and uh, so this early nineties yeah. around. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then uh, he 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 popped up at my house with a tape of a beat he made. And he was like, little T, check this beat out. I made this. He puts a tape in, bro, in a Saturn. Remember Saturn? Those cars Saturn. Oh, oh heck yeah. <laughs> so he punched this tape in the Saturn. And uh, <laughs> and he's playing, and he's like, listen to this part. And he has like an intro and everything, you know? And uh, he's like, listen to this, little T. He pops it in, and I'm like, I'm like, what the heck? You made that? Yeah, yeah. You made that? I just lost my mind. You know, I was like, how? Well, you know, I got a drum machine. And he starts explaining. And then listen right here. I, I, he's telling, he's all hyped up too about what he made, you know? He's, he's telling me that the teacher used to be like in parliament or something like that. Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. He's teaching uh, classes or something, right? You know, at that time, I didn't really understand any of that kind of stuff, you know? I'm like, sick. And in my head, I'm thinking like, how did he make this beat? You know, like how, uh, like, you know, you hear stuff on the radio, you hear Dr. Dre, you know, it's got it. Like, how do they do this? You know, you think it's a big old thing going on. Right. You don't know. Yeah. So, and I don't know, a couple weeks later, he shows up at my sister's house with a drum machine for my nephew's birthday party. And he says, little T I brought, I brought the drum machine. You want to make a beat? Right. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. You know, so he plugs it in, and uh, <clears throat> I start going crazy. Stuff I was hearing in my head, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know. And he's he's like, I couldn't follow the metronome. I didn't understand that. There's a count: one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Right? There's a math involved, you know. And I didn't know any of that. I was just hearing beats in my head. Oh, I want to do this, you know. And he he told me, you can chill out, like relax. One thing at a time, you know, you got to do the drum. Boom, boom, boom. And then you add this part. Boom. After you, after you do the drum, right? After you learn that, right? So, all right, cool. So yeah. I made I made a beat. I made a beat that day, and uh, okay. I was going nuts the whole day thinking about it. It was driving me insane. I, I, I Like, we left the party, and then uh, the early in the morning, I called him and was like, Tito, T. Hey, you think I can make a beat like this? I'm beatboxing yeah. over a phone. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trip. Next time, you know, he's probably thinking, this little kid is crazy, you know? Like, yeah. heck, beatboxing on a phone, you know? So anyhow, yeah, that's that's what set it off. So I tried. So you were, you were 17, 18 right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I was going to his house, taking the bus. <clears throat> from Long Beach uh, to, to Downey to to make beats at his house, you know? And I would be there all day, and before I knew it, you know, get there the daytime before I knew it, it's 10 o'clock at night, you know? All right, little T, you gotta, we gotta get some rest or whatever, you know? You know? Uh, why, you know why? It's late, bro, you've been doing this all day, you know? So anyhow, uh, my sister, who was married to him, my sister Liz, uh -huh. said, you know, saw me, dude, I was taking the bus to guitar center and stuff like that. And my sister saw, saw that and was like, well, I'm gonna help you buy one, but you got to pay me back. 
right? So yeah, yeah he bought me a drum machine, okay. and, uh, the same drum machine my brother-in-law had. And I would say within a couple weeks or like a month, like I mastered that thing, like where my brother-in-law was calling me for tips, you know, like, yeah, really? how, yeah how did you do that? You know, how did you make that bass line? Like, I never heard that. So, oh, you got to, you know, tweak the, the frequencies, the filters, and then you preset it and you control it, you know, and, you know, I, like I mastered it. I mastered it because, <clears throat> you know, I, I grew up listening to funk, you know, and, and like Parliament, Cameo, Zap. Uh, you know, Gap Band, uh, yeah. Bootsy Collins, you know, all that kind of stuff was the stuff right. that my sisters and my brother played. So <clears throat> in my head, I had all them sounds in my head. Like, how did, wait a minute, how did they get that bass to sound like it was underwater? You know, how did they do that? You know, so uh, I, started, like, I started messing, like, I want, I want to do a sound like that. You know, how? And then, oh, okay started figuring out that they were tweaking stuff. They were, they weren't using the preset stuff. They were creating their own sounds with the presets. Mm. So, so I started getting into that, getting deeper into it. And, uh, I became really good on that machine, like super killer, you know, like yeah. in a matter of a month where I was like banging beat after beat, after beat, after beat, which they probably were trash, but they were good enough, <laughs> you know, you know, cause you know, you only have one little machine, you know? So then, right. My sister Alicia, later on, uh, uh, I started working uh, with my brother. I was probably about 18. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, I had got my wife pregnant. So, yeah, so I was 18. And uh, my sister Alicia stepped up and was like, you know, I said, I need to get a new keyboard, sis, and a new drum machine, you know. And she seen that I was doing the right things and uh, said, all right, well, what do you want to buy? You know, this, this, and that. She was like, you're crazy. That's like $2,000, right? <laughs> I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. I promise, you know, I promise you, you know? Yeah. It took, it took me begging for like three, four months. And then finally she said, all right, well, you, you're doing good. My sister, my sister, my family's rad, bro. They, we all have each other's backs, you know, and they're, they're all supportive and they all, mm. They all help, bro, you know? Mm. My, sister, uh, my sister said, all right, well, let's go. My sister, they would bail me out of trouble all the time. Yeah. So we'd go to Guitar Center, and I'd get a new keyboard. It's like a, a chord and the MPC or something. Okay. Another drum machine. Oh, wow. Bro, that, that took my game to a whole new level, bro. I became like a – I became a little monster in producing. Like, that's all I thought about all day long. I would go to work with my brother, take my drum machine, look at it while I'd be in the truck, and my brother would be like, what are you doing? Lunch is uh, over. That to her. You know? <laughs> all right, you know. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I really loved it. I loved it. And, uh, Consumed you, huh? Yes, bro. I went all oh, out, and uh, I started making beats. And then uh, one day I was skating or something, <clears throat> and I ran into Goldie, who later became a member of the Eastsiders, Trey D, okay. Goldie, and Snoop, right? Mm -hmm. My childhood friend, him and his brother were my best friends when we were little kids. His brother, okay. in peace. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he told me I'm rapping, you know, I said, oh, I'm making beats. Let's hook up, you know. And we, since we had that chemistry as little kids, it was, it was there in the studio too. You know, we hit it off and we started making oh. music. And, and then uh, we, our very first song that we made, it was a, like, we had a bunch of songs, but it was like a song that we like both were like happy was one called five dubs. And it was talking about Dayton's remember Dayton's the rim? Oh, yeah. Dana Danes. So yeah. we uh, we made a, a 
a song uh, out of the cameo sample strange doom 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 right okay yeah and he rapped on it and uh he took it back to his neighborhood which was my neighborhood too I we were neighbors 15th street they all they they all loved me all the crips there knew me since we were little kids they call okay. me nut. they call me nut when i was a kid too over there you know nut? And, yeah nut Okay. Nah, nah, what's up? No, nah, what's up? You know, uh, uh, I'll be in there and, and they were playing the song over and over and over and over. And it was like, we were like, huh, we were pretty good at this. You know, we okay. didn't know what we were doing, bro. We were having fun. You know, uh -huh. just two, you know, young, young little kids, teenagers having fun. Goldie's, okay. young, Goldie's younger than me, maybe by a year or two. And, uh, and he had a natural talent, bro. He was a sick rapper sick rhythm his voice was incredible he's like he had a lawnmower in his mouth rah, you know uh, <laughs> it was a uh, beat so so we just yeah. started making you know tons of music together and um eventually uh he got signed to a label called ogs to wall street which had a bunch of money because uh the dude that, that had the label was a dope man you know and back in those days all the record labels were funded by like dope dope man you know dope man dope man you know right. so he ended up signing goldie and uh I was making beats for him. He ended up signing Stoop's brother too. His name was uh, Bing. He was in a group called Lifestyles. It was Bing, Hitman, and Sakash, uh, uh, Gerald, and uh, you know they were all kids, bro. Okay. Uh, uh, Snoop's Snoop's name, uh, Snoop's brother's name is Pretty Tony, and um, so I was making beats for all of us and uh, kind of just having fun. Never really thought about money, but hey one day we might blow up, you know, like dreaming, like most people that make music, you know, well, we're going to be the next big thing, you know? Right. Right. Together. You know, that was the plan. You know, we were going to make it together. And then, uh, <clears throat> uh, Scully started hanging out with Snoop, uh, because you know, they're both in the same neighborhood, okay. uh, same, same gang or whatever you want to call it. Twenties, you know, uh, uh, and he started going to Snoop's and he, I, he started, I think taking credit, from my beats saying that he was making them or maybe he didn't say it or maybe he just got lost in the sauce because it's snoop or who knows you know and uh yeah they ended up using my music and then snoop's brother was telling him no nah, it's a little mexican kid making all those beats goalie ain't making these beats you know no. so no. so yeah and then uh you know they ended up doing a song it was called 20 minutes sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna walk into the kitchen real quick and uh no. So yeah, he, they ended up using one of my beats. Uh, then I had to end up pretty much suing Snoop, bro, because of yeah. it all, you know. So let's back up a little bit, Tito. Like, so at, um, when did you? At I'm which point did fast. you realize what's that? I'm moving too fast. No, <laughs> no, I, I wanted. I wanted to ask you. At which point did you realize? Okay, we we could take this to the next level, man. This we're this is we're doing legit stuff here. When did you start? When did you? Uh, realize that uh, I I didn't I didn't realize that it was uh dude I never took no money bro it was like uh once again my brother man like you know he would tell me you know nothing in the world is free somebody's giving you money there's something there's something they're gonna want for it so mm. I, I never I dude I would be in the studio with Goldie and the dude that owned the label bro one time we seen him with a million bucks bro he came to our house and he had a million dollars cash bro this is a true story, bro. Me and Goldie were looking at each other like, like, what the hell? You know, he pulled up and, you know, he had like an Escalade when Escalade trucks had just barely came out. Just uh -huh. 
so much money out of control money right and wow. uh he would come over and he would hand goalie ten thousand dollars in front of me like every other week two weeks all the time and he would he'd call me cycle drum because i would be on the drum machine he would see me and he'd be like you, you cycle drum you cycle drum you know uh, i don't know why he called me that he just that's what he called yeah. me and he would say cycle drum here's here, we give you some money. I'd be like, nah, bro. Like, nah, I'm not even doing this for money. Like, I never looked at it that way. Wow. Yeah, I never, I never took a penny from him, bro. Never took any money from them. And they would all look at me like, like I was a dummy. You know, like, are you trying to give me five Gs? You don't want to take the five Gs? Like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, anyhow, I never looked at it like that. But I always believed that, that like, we had the talent because... You know, when when our music would play, there would be other people playing their stuff, and it was a total different reaction or response. You know, they'd be like, "Play, play with uh, with Nut and Goldie did," or you know, "Yeah, play it again, play it again." You know, uh, we had that chemistry that was uh, it was like undeniable. You know, uh, we we kind of knew what we both liked, and uh, he didn't have sure. to tell me, and I didn't have to tell him. We just knew because we had it in us. You know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I never did it for that reason. It was more of like, hey, man, one day I'm going to be one of the best producers. I never like I never said I'm going to be the richest producer. I can't wait to be one of the most highest paid producers. I, I never I never looked at it like that, bro. I well, think that's why I became good because I was doing it for fun. Uh-huh, that makes any uh-huh. sense, you know? Right, right. So, But I just want to mention, you, you worked with some big names, man. Um, uh, you know, like you said, East Side is uh, sugar-free. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Be real. Yeah. Uh, Little yeah. John. Yeah. Rapping, rapping Forte. Kid Frost. Uh, the Mexicans. Yep. Out of Long Beach. Uh, DJ Quick. No, no, I never worked with okay. him. I've been, I've been in there with him. Yeah. Okay. Dub C. Yeah. Dub C. Sick Jackin. Yeah. So, I mean, the list goes on and on, man. Incredible legends, man. Legends, right? Yeah. It, yeah. All good dudes, man. All them guys are cool, cool cats, bro. Mm. And they they all believed that, that what I had was cool, you know. Yeah. They all yeah. got down uh, with with what I had, and I, I I never looked at it like that, you know. It was like we're just banging out, and I mm. wanted to be the best in there. And most of the time, I was, you know. There was other producers in there that that I got that were trying to go before me, and they'd be like, "Well, let's hear what Nut got." And next, wow. you know, next, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting picked and. Dude, it, it, think about this, bro. I'm, I'm a Mexican kid in the room, you know. It's all black guys in there. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, there's black producers in there. You know what I mean? You, they're, it, for, for them to pick mine, that I mean, mine has to be off the hook. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, so I was I was landing that all day long, bro, you know? That's that's incredible, man. So tell us about how, how this th- legal thing came. You ended up in court with with Snoop Dogg, right? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Or what was the situation? Excuse me. Yeah. So I had uh I had a couple records. When I sued Snoop, more stuff came out that they had used. There was some stuff on the. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or or if you do, but Hustler put out like a porno. Remember that using Snoop and all the music that Snoop had. All right. So there was a couple of my songs on there, you know, that I had produced. Hey, give me can you give me one second? Because I need to get the charger. Is that cool? Absolutely, man. Hang tight, hang tight. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Ladies and gentlemen, we were talking to Tita Rodriguez, aka the Hood Santa.
founder and president of Local Hearts Foundation in Long Beach, California. He's telling us his story, man. He's got a lot of good good stuff, man. He's interesting background. He started out as a music producer, uh, and then things. Uh, that's where we're at now. And now he's he's in his he's doing his charity work. He's got his foundation, helping out the community. He's doing a lot of great things, and, and uh, you know he's he's got an incredible story. Right now, um, he's telling us a little bit about his, uh, his 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 music producer days and how he um, produced a lot of big acts, a lot of big hip hop acts, man. The biggest names. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, be real, Snoop. Jeez, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Where were we well, at? No worries. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, man. Where were we at? Oh, doing Snoop. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, I had I had a couple of. I had a couple of songs that uh, that they had they had used on top of what I already. I think about it like this: I was I was suing suing Snoop, and then more stuff came out while I was suing Snoop. So pretty really? much, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Yeah, I had other records. The Hustler stuff. Hustler, the East Sider records. Okay. Uh, that uh, I don't know if they just didn't care or they just didn't know or I, I don't know, but. Uh, it ended up, uh, it ended up rolling in from just like one beat to a couple, you know. So, so yeah. So anyhow, that stopped like my growth to becoming a you know bigger producer and that kind of thing because you know it was I was suing the biggest rapper in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a little Mexican kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? And back back in those days, there was no social media, there was no Instagram. You could get blackballed, so. So Snoop pretty much blackballed me. Snoop Snoop told me to my face. We were in a, a, a it's called deposition where your attorney questions the person, right, or whatever, right? Uh, so right. We, we had Snoop at a deposition, and uh, he he told me, "Let me holler at you, you know, take a go off the record." All right, cool. We go into the bathroom, and he's like, "Check this out, bro. Like, like you, you can have all Goldie's money." I'm like, "I don't want to do that to Goldie. That's that sucks. I just want what's fair, bro. What's mine, you know?" And then he was like, "Well, right. pretty much this is how it's gonna work. You'll never be nothing in this game." He said, "Cuz he pretty much said, cuz anybody suing me ain't gonna be nothing in this game. We'll never be nothing in this game." So pretty much he told me like to my face, like you know, "Good luck trying to get in the music industry suing me," you know? Right. And I was so far, so far, you know, involved with like my attorney and and all that. I already had my attorney working. I think I owed my attorney like a hundred thousand dollars already, you know. It was no way I could I could back out of it, you know. So I told Snoop, I said, "Look, bro, I owe this. I owe my attorney like ninety thousand dollars already." And he said, "Don't trip. I'll give you. I'm gonna give you ten G's, and I'll take care of him." And I was like, "I don't think so, bro. You're gonna give him more. You're gonna give me. No, nah, I'm cool." Mm. So so it ended it ended like that, you know. And then that was kind of the last that I really got to talk to Snoop like on that kind of level, you know. And then. Those records came out, and then other Eastsider songs came out, and then uh, <clears throat> people knew that it was me in the hood. So I became like a hood legend, bro. Street credibility. The street credibility is, uh, to this day, is, is cool, you know? People yeah. are like, oh, that's nut. Nut make those bangers. Or, you know, <laughs> I didn't get, the, I didn't get the, the exposure on the records, and I didn't get to travel, and I didn't get to produce for other bigger artists because at that time, bro, I probably would have been producing for you name them, bro. You know, I was at that level, you know, I was right. I was there with everybody, you know, 
Right. Uh, you know, uh, when they close that door on you like that, it, it, it's hard. You know? Yeah, of course. And in of the course. hood, in the hood, all the dope dealers they had up and coming rappers, they would say, "We want to beat like that East Siders beat." All right, cool. I want twenty G's or whatever. You know, at yeah. the time, whatever it was. You know, so I became like a, I became a, like a, a like a, a, a legend in the hood. You know, for music. You know, okay. and, all, and all the all the dope dealers and all the gangster rappers, they would all come to my studio and. Hey, nut, we want to be like this. Yeah, don't trip. I'll bang it out. Whatever they want, you know? Whatever, you know? This is what I want. There was, you know, after that era of all those records dropping, bro, I made so much money, bro. It was crazy. Without having, you know, the star name or whatever, you know? Right. I made, But people knew that it was me, you know? Because me and Goldie, we were still friends, like, I never, I never like uh, got mad where I was like, oh, I hate, I hate them, or I, that, that I never, that never happened to me, bro. I, I never let it uh, turn into like a spiteful thing, and and really, bro, because I, I loved Goldie, you know, we were like childhood best friends, like, I, right. and I, I forgave him, bro, you know, like I didn't, I didn't hold it in. I was like, oh, when I see him, oh, like, I was more hurt than anything. I was like, man, how, how could he do that to me? This was my homie, you know, like. I would have okay. never did that to him. This was both of our dreams, you know? And then I also thought about it like, man, you know, you know, Snoop's so charismatic and so slick, you know, maybe Goldie didn't have a chance to tell him or I don't know, you know? Right. Like I, always right. Try, I always try to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are, are you cool with Snoop now? Have you saw him on anywhere? You yeah. Did, yeah. Snap hands or whatever. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no yeah. bitterness or... Nope, nope. Oh, that's cool. That's nah, cool. there's no reason for it. There's, yeah. there, no, there's no, there's no animosity. There's no. I'm not bitter, bro. It's all good. I, my life is where I'm supposed to be at. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. What, what, what is a, when, what are some of uh, the, the big hits that you produce, man? Can you tell some, some of those songs? Yeah, you know, I had, I have a, a Snoop's Twenty Minutes. I have a. Gosh, Snoop, Snoop in the house. I don't even remember how it goes, bro. It, it was pretty big. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, uh, was that his No Limit days? No. Yeah, no. one was. One was, but it was right when he got back with the with the Long Beach Boys. Uh, you know, I had, had some stuff to do with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. It, it, was a, it was a good time. It was a good time making music, but, you know, it wasn't even the music industry that, that like, I could say, oh, the music industry sucks. It was more like a my homie let me down. You know what I mean? Uh, that part yeah. sucks more than all of it. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, you know, I got more than I probably would have gotten, you know, for just those songs. But, but you know, it's hard to say what would have happened, you know, if I would have got what was due and all the relationships I would have made from then on, you know? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. you know? But, like, you know, I probably, if if they would have done, if things would have been done the Snoop way, maybe it would have been like, hey, Tito, here's $5,000, and we're going to give you 1% out of, you know, 100000 you know? And it's like, mm. I'm going to th- six grand, yeah! <laughs> you know, yeah. and the way it happened, the way it happened, I got paid, bro. I got paid, you know? It was, uh, and I got, I got my money. The way I look at it is, like, they didn't give me nothing extra. They gave me what was mine, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. It was rightfully yours from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No doubt, man. No doubt. And then I, you know, I started a band after that. It was called The Pricks. And uh The Pricks? Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? 
I heard I heard you mention that on the uh, on the, uh, Tony A's uh, the Rodium Radio uh, show. Yeah. I couldn't tell if you said the pricks or I was like second guessing myself. P r i c k. Yeah, P r i c k s the pricks. Uh, here it is, bro. Look. So you've probably seen this around. There's oh. hundreds, there's hundreds of these things tattooed. So bro, oh. we were killing it, bro. My, wow. The band was smashing it. They played a song K Rock. We played like all up and down Hollywood. We sold out every venue you could think of in Hollywood. Uh, we played our biggest concert would be the Home Depot Center. We got to open for like all the big, big bands, you know? Um, so after the the gangster stuff, I just got tired. I said, man, you know what? I need to do something different because I'm, I'm like, I'm getting bored. You know, I got to challenge myself. So I met uh, Brophy, which was like my first white friend I ever had in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It taught him uh -huh. how to rap. He he knew how to rap, but he, he didn't understand there's music, there's uh, math, there's melody, there's timing. He would just rap. Da, 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 da. Time out, bro. You got to slow down right here. Say <laughs> you know, uh, taught him the, the basics, and uh, we created the band. Uh, we traveled. We did a bunch of killer stuff. And really, it was a it was a fresh breath of air at the time because I was so, uh, I was so like, uh, burned out on the gangster feel and, like, tired of hearing bitches and hoes and all this kind of nonsense talk. I had just had a daughter. Uh -huh. I was like, uh, my daughter, like all that changed for me, bro. Instantly. You know, I was like, wait a minute. Uh -huh. My daughter ain't none of that, bro. You know, like, I don't think mm -hmm. so. Like, you better check yourself, you know? So I kind of pulled myself back, you know, from all I that. See. And, uh, yeah, I created this band traveled. My nephew was in the band. My nephew now was a pretty big name producer. Took him under my wing. He's like my first student. Just, What's his name? Chris. Chris Steele. He's doing okay. stuff for like uh, Stupid Young. All these up and coming rappers that are. He did I trip out. He did a song on Snoop's album too. Oh, okay. Last album, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's pretty Chris cool. Steele. Yeah, that sounds familiar, man. Chris yeah. Steele. Still killing them. He's he's always out there by you, bro, in that area. Oh, okay. You know the I rapper? Know. Yeah, you know the rapper High Tone. That sounds from yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my, nep my nephew's his producer, pretty much. So, uh, okay. yeah, so I I, uh, I taught my nephew, you know, did all that kind of cool stuff with him. Uh, and then uh, we were going, going, bro. We were going to sign with Interscope. Every record label in town wanted us, bro. We sat with Rick Rubin, you name it, bro. Wow. We, we, we flew out to Atlanta, had a meeting with Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree was going to sign us. You know, and then uh, uh, the lead vocalist, he, he, I think he got antsy and was like, oh, he got, he ended up getting his, his girlfriend pregnant and got married. And then uh, he said, hey, bro, I'm going to quit. And I'm going to say, oh, all right, cool, whatever, you know? What? Yeah, he quit, bro. He really? Quit. Yes, he quit. Even with all this potential. No, bro, we were killing it, bro. We were killing I, well, I mean, to, to sign deals and stuff, right? I mean, wow. He just walked away, huh? Mm -hmm. did, did that kind of uh, cause a, a chain reaction within the band to kind of disband, or, or what happened? Well, I I couldn't quit, bro, because you know our music was like we're a brotherhood, we're all pricks, you know. We told there was a gang of people getting this tattooed. I'm like, bro, I'm a prick for life, homie. I can't turn my back on these people, bro. That's how I felt, cause that's how loyal I am to to people. Obviously, to this day, you know. Uh, right. Uh, so I. I kept on going and was like, but I wasn't the singer. I wasn't the rapper. I was just more like, I'm going to keep shirts alive. I'm going to do stickers. I'm going to make hats. This is pricks for life. And the people can live off the music we made. And if they want to get a shirt, cool. If they don't, cool. 
but I want them to know that I'm not a quitter. You know what I mean? And this is who I am all the time. So I kept, I kept it going. And then, uh, I kept it, uh, going and, uh, it was, uh, it was fun. And then I just said, you know what, bro, I'm going to have some, do something different again, the same. I started doing, making Spanish music. I started singing in Spanish. Never in my life have I listened to Spanish music. Never in my life have I heard anything, anything besides suavemente. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the parties, you know? Uh-huh. Doing that and uh, it had a lot of fun again doing music. You know, it was like, oh, this is cool. And then, uh, you know, at the same time, I was doing the charity work, community, community service. And uh, okay. that's okay. kind of where the whole community thing comes into play, you know? Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, though, Tito, I I, I, I wanted to say, uh, Sarah Mendoza said, Hood Santa, such a cool guy. I remember the prick seal. She remembers, man. Um, and what kind of music uh, were you guys playing? You might, I think uh, you mentioned it. I might have missed it. No, he, so Brophy grew up listening to punk rock, okay? Okay. Uh, and, you know, I grew up making uh, West Coast music, right? Hold on. Let me turn the oven off, bro. Can okay. you <laughs> Hold Go ahead, on. man. No worries, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we were talking to Tito Rodriguez, the Hood Santa, president and founder of the Local Hearts Foundation out of Long Beach, California. What a great story. What an inspiration he truly is. Um, thank you so much for joining us right now. He's back. He's so, turning off the oven. <laughs> so the pricks was like a hybrid of a bunch of stuff, you know? Okay. Had a little bit of everything in it, you know, it was, um, he, Brophy was a punker. I grew up b-boying skateboarding he was a skater too uh you know a little bit of a little bit of everything bro it's uh but it had like it was pretty much like all positive messages a lot okay. of it you know like brotherhood like we could do it together you know message of hope like that was one of our idol uh, one of our titles of, of our song album you know uh you know that kind of thing so it was pretty cool bro we would do shows bro and we would have seven eight hundred kids rocking plates for pirates hats for pricks Look into oh. the, look into the crowd and you see you know all these people rocking pricks hats and pricks okay shirts. now I know why you guys you have the, the Pittsburgh pirate hat yeah some of these pictures I was looking at on your page and uh you're throwing up the P right yeah the, the pricks okay yeah. now okay, now it makes sense yeah yeah cool. it, um Pike cruiser our, my friend Pike cruiser can you ask about how you met norm and form that bond he had with him norm which norm Who, who's that Pike cruiser Say again, bro. Tattoo artist Norm. If you could specify Pike Cruiser, who, who Norm is, he might be talking about Norm. Uh, well, I, I, I really wasn't tight with Norm like that. You know, we knew each other. Uh, he did a bunch of pricks tattoos on people. You know, one of the best pricks tattoos Norm did was on somebody's hand that said "pricks" across both hands. You know, like this. Okay. Yeah, tattoo so, arm, tattoo arm. Yeah, so we we became friends from him tattooing pricks, tattoos on people. He would send them and be like, "Trip out," you know. Norm was a Norm was a really nice, uh, you know, cool dude. And uh, you know, rest in peace, Norm. You know, he passed away, uh, I think, oh. a year, a year, two years ago. And uh, he was always cool, stand up dude. You know, super nice guy. Rest in peace, to Norm. You know, I I wasn't uh, super tight with him. You know, it was a, uh, mm. <clears throat> but we were friends. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever? The best part Go about ahead. that now is like Norm's family; they're big time supporters of the nonprofit. Like we raffled off a hot rod with uh, Norm's family built, and it had oh. Norm pieces on there. And 
they they donated some of the money to local arts foundation and that, that's how we were able to buy so many turkeys because they got involved you know very cool man very cool and, and did you ever by any chance work with uh sublime in any way shape or form no 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 i no, never huh? no they're a little bit older than me they're a little bit yeah. older than me. but but i would see them in town i would see them playing in backyards and stuff like that but i, okay, never, so- I never got to uh to play any kind of music with them. I would just see them in the backyard parties, you know? Before Did you meet them were, at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, but before they were anything, you know? It's like... Uh, Bradley? Yeah, yeah. All of them, uh, they would play up and down 4th Street, that kind of deal. Very cool, man. Partying, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a... Yeah, Long Beach is like a hotbed for just athletes and musicians and just a lot of, lot of people, notable people have come out of Long Beach, man. It's a... You know, and Long Beach Poly had the most uh, NFL the most NFL players, right? Yeah, out of any high school in uh, in the country. Yeah, in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man. So, 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 take us now into what you're doing now, Tito. You mentioned uh, you kind of when did you first start transitioning into um, you know the charity work and, and, and your your foundation, and how, when did you start going into that path, man? What what kind of led you there? Bro, I started thinking about how poor I was as a kid, you know? I started thinking about not having, you know, toys and having new stuff and that kind of thing. And, you know, I thought about all the connections that I made over the years, you know, and uh, all the friendships I've I've formed with people that got these huge companies, you know, and that are super rad people that are cool, that grew up poor too, you know, and they know the feeling of stuff. So about 10 years ago, I reached out to my buddy, Nick Diamond, you know, and the owner of Diamond Supply. Okay. He's, he's, he's the real, 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 real one, you know, and told him, Hey, uh, I told him, Hey, uh, Nick, you know, I got this, this idea. Don't even know what I'm doing. You know, say, man, you know, I want to help out the hood, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't really know. I just want to give them something, bro. Well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't really know, bro. Just like, let's help out the hood, bro. All right, cool. We'll go pick up some stuff. And I get there, they give me, oh, 1,500 socks or so. I don't remember the numbers, you know, but it was uh-huh. a bunch of socks, a bunch of shirts, a bunch of sweaters, a couple hats, you know, just a whole bunch of diamond supply stuff. And uh, we decided to go through Long Beach and just stop random people. Hey, man, Merry Christmas. Here you go. You know, we started helping people. <clears throat> and, uh, we pulled up on a young black kid that was in a stroller pushing his baby and we jump out on him and he starts running with his daughter, you know? Uh. And uh, you're like, hey, bro, we got some water and some diamond supply. I want to hook you up. And he's like, you know, he's like, this five essays jumping out on me, you know, probably in his head, you know, like five Mexicans are going to get me or whatever, you know? <laughs> so he takes off like, bro, stop, bro. We're not going to do nothing. We want to give you some stuff. He comes back and he's like, <laughs> Bro, I thought you guys were going to get me. Like, you know, nah, man, I want to give you some stuff, you know? So, you know, the following year, my buddy, HJ, uh, who's a partner of mine in, in Local Hearts, right, tells me, Tito, man, you, we got to do something, bro. Like, we're either going to get shot, <laughs> you know, we might jump out on the wrong person. Right. People, you just never know. I said, all right, bro, I'm going to buy a Santa suit. So I go on eBay and I buy like a $12 Santa suit. It's like paper mache, bro. It's like a paper Santa suit. <laughs> so we go to the hood. Uh, we go to 17th and Juan Apparel. And uh, uh, 
we jump out right in front of like the little apartments. There's a bunch of apartment complex there, right? And this little kid just comes out of nowhere. Yo, yo! He starts calling everybody out. Santa, Santa's here! And he comes right up to me and he says, hey, man, you're the hood Santa because Santa Claus don't come over here. Oh, wow. And yeah, I looked at, you know, I looked at HJ, looked at me and we were like, all right. You know, to me, it was like, all right, this kid must not ever get nothing. Santa mm. don't over here, you know? Right. So, so that kind of lit a fire under me to like, hey, man, like, we need to do this all the time because, you know, there's some kids that get nothing, you know? And yeah. I was yeah. one of those, too. You know, I, I would get something, but not, you know, some there's some kids that probably get nothing, you know? Right. So right. You know, we got home. I, I was I was going to pay HJ. You know, that was the idea. Let, HJ, let me pay you to go with me, bro, you know, to shoot a video, you know? All right, cool. He was a kid. He was like 18, you know? Yeah. Like, All right, cool. You know, he was shooting videos. He was so pumped up. And when I went to, to pay him, I said, hey, bro, let me pay you. And he, I said, how much you want, HJ? I was going to give him a couple hundred bucks, you know, for his time. Just do me a cool video, bro, whatever, you know? Here's a couple hundred bucks. And he you know, go to pay him. He's like, nah, bro, nah. I don't, I don't want no money. Like, I want to do this, too. I, li- I love this. This feels good, man, helping people out. He said, man, mm. I was one of those kids, too. He told me I was one of those kids, too. So so then we just said, bro, we just ran with it. And, uh, you know, as we were doing it, as time moved on, you know, I felt like, man, like, I know so many people. We can do more than just one event. Let's do a back-to-school uh, giveaway, you know? Okay. Started reaching out to all my buddies, all my homies. Hey, bro, let's buy some backpacks. Hey, Nick, we need some back. Oh, don't trip. We got backpacks. So give me a few back hundred backpacks. Give them away. Uh, uh, then, hey, let's do Thanksgiving because I never had Thanksgiving until my aunt, my aunt Mimi, married a white guy. His name was Brian Hunt, and he was a <laughs> Long Beach Transit uh, driver, bus driver. His 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 route was Anaheim Street. So oh. so when maybe I was about twelve. <laughs> 11, 12, 13, uh, uh, they invite us over to their house and they got all the goodies, bro. Turkey, ham, you know, mashed potatoes, you know, stuffy. It worked, uh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I, I never, we never had this, you know? So so I started thinking about all, how, how that made me feel and like uh, the family, the camaraderie, the togetherness, you know, the happy, you know, the happy side of life, you know? Yeah. I started thinking like, man, you know how many families there is like mine that, wouldn't ain't gonna have this so that that stuck with me you know and i said man we gotta, do, we gotta do something for families like that that you know they can't afford that you know 60 dollars or whatever 50 dollar you know dinner for all of them so we decided to do a big uh turkey event and give out thousands of turkeys bro in the hood you know so you started that turkey giveaway what about i think 10 years ago now right no that's the toy giveaway that's the one this this saturday 10 okay oh would be uh a diamond Christmas 10 year uh, anniversary, a decade, bro. Okay. This the, Saturday. And the turkey giveaway, I think is fifth was it the fifth annual this year? Well, we we had about we've been doing it for eight years, but I did it I one year I did it with King Little G and Solon, so I didn't inc- I didn't include those. But as local hearts, this yeah, it was our fifth, you know? Our oh, okay. Fifth, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, it's uh so so that's how and then when did you, um, when was Local Hearts Foundation born? Uh, we became a, an official 501c3 in 2017. Okay, so so th- just, I mean, three years ago, basically, right? No, but this is 10 years, you know? Right, right. But yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But the, the 501c3. 
2017. And, mm. and the, it was the reason why I became a 501c3 is as as we started getting, uh, you know, bigger and better at this, I was getting approached by companies saying, Hey bro, I showed my boss your video, bro. He wants to donate to you 10 G's. And wow. I would be like sick. Right. And so like, I'm gonna put him on the phone or whatever. Hey, what's up Tito, man. I just saw your video, bro. Like we want to help you, bro. I talked to my boss. We're going to give you guys $10,000. You're an official 501c3, right? You can give us a tax receipt. And I would be like, no, bro. What? Oh. You're doing all this by yourself with nobody helping you kind of thing. Like, yeah, bro. It's just Nick Diamond, HJ and me. We're just helping yeah. out kids, you know, pretty much. And he'd be like, what? You don't, you guys, you ain't getting like no help from anybody. You just, yeah, bro. Like a lot of this comes out of my pocket, HJ's pocket, Nick, obviously Nick's got more money than all of us combined. And it comes yeah. out of his pocket, you know? <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, then the following day, somebody called me and offered me a van. He said, yo, bro, we just saw your video. We can't believe that you're in your little Lexus packed out. <laughs> driving through <laughs> stuff to your head, you know? <laughs> like, wow. that's crazy, bro. We got a van that's sitting here collecting dust, bro. We want to give it to you. But you're an official 501c3, right? No. Oh, bro, you're blowing it. It was, oh. it, was, it was back to back. It was one day, and then the following, the van was the second day. So I was like, all right, I better do, I better get this going because, uh, if we want to help people on a bigger scale, we need to be official because we need we need help from the big guys, you know. And gotcha. So so we ended up doing the steps and all that to that, and uh, it was a little process, but you know it was it was a little pricey too, but it was so worth it, bro. Because now look, we got Manny Pacquiao Foundation, we got McDonald's, we got you know obviously Diamond Supply, Grizzly, uh, Mister Nice Guy, you know. Uh, it's called Biznar and Chase, uh, uh, antiviral station, dude. It, there's so many, you know. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, we had Felipe Esparza last night donate to us. You know, he, he saw. Really? Yeah, he saw the video. of me on there and uh, talking, and uh, he donated, bro. And he sent me a message today. He said, "That's right, Cholo Claus, keep up the good work." <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That's cool, man. Very shout yeah. out to uh, Felipe Esparza. Yeah, wow, that, that what a great story, man. What a, um, so so the, the local hearts. And now I I, know, I like your logo, man. The logo does that. looks like a diamond, right? And with the heart inside of it. Um, so it, it does have a connection to the Diamond Supply Company, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, okay. that's my brother, man. Nick Diamond is my brother. I love Nick, bro. That's my boy. Is he yeah, from Long bro. Beach too? No, he's actually from uh, from the Bay and uh, maybe uh, Santa Cruz or something like that up north. Uh, but you know, he's from LA. You know, he's he's been in LA for Diamond's been around for twenty some years. You know. Uh, okay. That, man, that guy, man, that I love that dude, bro. He's a uh, that's a stand up dude, bro. He he's he's a he's a man of the people. You know what I mean? He's he, yeah. He's bro. There's not too many people like him walking around, and uh, I'm grateful to that he's still down, you know. And uh, bro, he's he's one of the founders, you know. He's it's HA, Nick Diamond, and me. You know what I mean? And oh. yeah, this logo, this logo oh. is a diamond, you know, with right. the whole side. And uh, you know, we came up with the idea together, all of us, you know. And like, hey, what do you think, Nick? 
sick. He's like, I already had one like that. <laughs> you know, like, sick. All right, cool. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I like it. You know, all right, cool. That's it. You know, what do you, HJ came up with it, you know, uh -huh. all of us collectively, you know, putting our heads together and, and wanting to do something cool for people, bro. You know, definitely, man. Definitely. What, what, um, and how many people do you have on staff now? Or is it, or do you, is it still just you three pretty for the most part? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much us. You know, we got, we got some, we got tons of volunteers, but it's still us, you know, it's still us doing in the trenches, you know? Yeah. People, people yeah. think like, you know, the nonprofit is a big non-organization, bro. It's still grassroots, bro. We, we just got our first van, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still, it's still a grassroots organization, bro. We barely got a van. We don't even have a warehouse, bro. You come to my house, you got to walk over toys and <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the mission impossible uh. <laughs> to get right. to the kitchen, you know? <laughs> Uh, obstacle course <laughs> no i i okay I, I didn't know that man i, I didn't know that so you, you, i mean you don't have a uh an actual office you know brick and mortar location yeah this is the bathroom bro <laughs> hey tito man you've been through a lot of success man in your life man what what, what continues to to drive you man and inspire you you know what bro i i love helping people bro I love, I love to go and give some families some smiles, you know, that, that, that alone, bro, is enough for me now. I've been through, I've been through a lot, you know, I've, I've been at the top in a lot of things, you know, and, uh, you know, I got gold and platinum records, you know, that's, you know, that's for people, that's the cream of the crop, right? To me, that stuff is nothing compared to uh, the feeling I get of helping a family that might need a little bit of cheer for the holidays or a kid that's killing it in school but his parents can't afford a new laptop or whatever and we can provide that for them those things are amazing bro i bet man i bet no that's uh yeah you can't describe that feeling man you can't describe that i bet right i mean um just, i mean just helping anyone in, in in any way shape or form but um yeah i mean what, what you do and and yeah it's it's just a indescribable right that feeling you get you, that the look on that boy's face man it's awesome uh, bro we just helped a girl's face a little girl that a four-year-old girl that had cancer sophie and mom and uh, it's uh it's tough it's tough you know but you got a job to do you know and uh, your job the hood santa's job is to make that baby feel good no matter what mm. so, you know, that's that's kind of what it's hard to do, but it's so worth it, bro. You know, it's so worth it making her happy and making her feel like, you know, she's having a good day or whatever, good hour, whatever it is for, for her at the time. It's worth it to me, bro. It's staying up the whole day, the whole night, trying to figure out how I'm going to get all these things that make her feel good. And how am I going to help the parents out? How are we going to give them a little bit of funding to pay whatever groceries, rent, whatever, you know, if that if, if I don't sleep for two, three days for that, it's totally worth it, bro. Absolutely, man. No doubt. That's the amazing, man. Amazing, man. Yeah. Um, something that really resonated with me too, Tito, was that um, you mentioned on on, on uh, Tony A's the podcast, the Rodium Radio, where you know you have these kids come out. They, they'll come. They'll approach you. They're you know from the hood, and they'll tell you, "Hey, why do you do this? Why do you do this?" You know, and then you t you call them out. You tell them, "Okay, why don't you be here tomorrow, and, and you'll see why." Right. And tell us a little bit about that. You know, you, and you'll, you'll tell your brother, 
You'll say, okay, pair him, or put him in a situation where he's going to see, you know, the the look on this kid, the reaction on this kid's face. And, um, yeah, talk about that a little bit, man. Yeah, so, you know, I, you know, you get some knuckleheads in the neighborhood, you know. They're like, why, why are you doing this, homie? Or what? Why you, you know, why? What? Come through. I challenge you. I challenge you to come through and see, and see, you know, the reactions, right? Uh, uh, the feeling that you know the mom gets when she get a brand new turkey and clothing for her children for the winter, or shoes, right? Uh, so I tell my brother, hey, bro, uh, give them a, a good position, you know. Let them be impacted. Let them see something they've never witnessed before. Let them feel that empathy. Let them feel compassion. Let them feel like, hey, man, that, that, I wish that was me kind of situation, right? They probably didn't have nothing either, majority of them. So he puts them in positions, excuse me, gives them big jobs, bro. Like they might be on the walkie-talkie job, you know? Hey, I'm right here, bro, 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 you know? Yeah. And the beauty of it is this, is, uh, I, you know, if if you're a savage in the streets, bro, doing nonsense, you're gonna be a savage doing good. Mm. You no, know? like yeah. that—that's the theory, and it's very true, bro. You you put them you put them to do something, bro, and boom, they go at it, bro. They boom, they dive in, boom, 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 bro. We had a uh, we had the bat. Shout out to the Bad Boys Car Club, right? Uh, dude, them dudes unloaded. 15,000 pounds of turkeys, bro, in like 15 minutes, bro. Wow. Monsters, bro. Amazing. Monsters. Yeah. I just broke my back last year doing that, okay? So mm. I watched him. I watched him, you know, doing it, and I was just like, man, I've been blowing it. I should have been asked these dudes to come back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Prior, bro, I had just hurt myself. You know, I, 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 uh, my L2 and my L3 uh, broke on me, you know, so doing mm. that same job, you know? Wow. So, yeah, but it was just me and a couple couple other people, you know, <laughs> having 15 of them, but just the work ethic and, and the yeah. amount of passion they had into doing something good was probably the same amount of passion they had in doing something bad. So I'm like, we can get them to do something good. They'll be freaking bad. They'll be the best, you know? So that's... Right. Kind of what the vision is behind that is like, give them something good to do. Watch how good they are. Mm, definitely, man. Set them up for success in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Tito, let me ask you one more question, man, and I'll ask you to talk about the, the toy drive, man. We'll, we'll call it a night, man. Sure. Let me. Um, who are three people? I asked Mega Man this last week. Who are three people, dead or alive, that you would love to have dinner with, man? Dead or alive? Yeah. Jesus. Bob Marley. Okay. My dad. Oh, that's great, man. Great list, man. Wow. That's a great list, man. Yeah, I like I like to ask that, man. It's uh that's a good question, bro. Had me thinking, you know. <laughs> Thanks, only, man. Three, like, only three. Can we slide Tupac in there and Johnny Cash? Yeah, you know, you got some honorable mentions. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Good list. Yeah, awesome, awesome, man. Uh, yeah, you know, before um, Sarah Mendoza, was, she mentioned that the 
The Pricks, Wake Up is my favorite. Your favorite song? Yeah, Wake Up. Check it out. Check- yeah, when you get off of here, go and check it out. It's- Are you hey. on YouTube? Or is it on YouTube? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Pricks? Yeah. The Pricks, Wake Up, just the way she spelt, spelt it out. Oh, man. Awesome, brother. Man, before you go, man, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the current toy drive that's going on, man, and yep. where people can so- so the 19th, uh, this next, this up and coming Saturday, we're doing, uh, our 10th annual diamond Christmas slash for the children, uh, toy giveaway. Uh, it'll be at Homeland Cultural Center, MacArthur Park, Long Beach. It'll be from 10 AM to two. If you want to volunteer, anybody on here wants to volunteer, we're asking volunteers to show up at seven 30. Uh, it's going to be fun, bro going to be fun if anybody wants to uh, help out donate a toy or come out and volunteer you can reach out to me uh, at the hood santa or you can go on our website which is uh, www.localartsfoundation.org and uh, you can read more uh, about what we do for for our people you know for the people you know uh but yeah bro thanks for having me on man i'm getting a neck cramp here looking at this screen <laughs> i don't know if you see me i'm like <laughs> yeah uh you're a trooper man pleasure bro oh man no bless you guys and uh you know be good to each other that's that's what we all should be doing all the time you know no doubt man no they like pike cruiser summed it up man let me post that real quick you're an angel sent man thank you for all you do tito appreciate it man he always supports everything i do thank you pike cruiser Oh, you know Pike? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he okay. do that. He he he's he's rad, bro. He always sends me, you know, if he donates, he's like, "I got you, bro." You know, I'm like, man, I love that, you know, because it really is us, bro, who's saving us. You know, I I got this saying, "It takes us to save us." You know. Yeah, I seen that. He's the, he's the prime example for that. You know, hey, bro, I, I bought a turkey, or hey, bro, I bought a ticket for the raffle. You know, it's like, it's it's people like Pie Cruiser, bro, that that yeah. make, make local hearts what it is. It's a community driven nonprofit, bro it's uh i'm just the big mouth of it you know <laughs> all of ours no doubt brother no doubt man well yeah man hey once again tito man thank you so much for taking the time for being here with us on profile pot tv man and uh yeah you're, you're definitely you're the man bro um looking forward to following you and, and, and you know following the, the path of local hearts and supporting as well and uh volunteering so um, I'll definitely be hitting you up soon, man. And um, I'll see you Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> be there. Right yeah, by. <laughs> it, um, if you want to come out, please do. If not, I get it. You know what I mean? We, yeah, no, no. For time. Absolutely. But Absolutely, man. we'll talk soon, bro. Keep up the good work. And thanks for uh, letting me be on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. No, no. Pleasure's all mine. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Tito Rodriguez, the Hood Santa founder, president of Local Hearts Foundation. Check him out. Follow him um, at the Hood Santa, right, Tito? Yeah. At the Hood Santa and uh, localheartsfoundation.org. Um, and you also you have a Instagram for Local Hearts, right? At Local Hearts Foundation? Yep. There it is. There it is, man. Well, yeah, man. No, for, for Tito, um, I want to thank everybody for being here, here in the comments, man. You guys are awesome. Sarah Mendoza, Pike Cruiser, Joe Sanchez. Everybody came through. Harry Parker. Uh, yo, it's me. Mega Man was here. Uh, Dallas Cowboy fan was here. 
uh, who else came through? Who else came through? Uh, yeah, I think I got everyone there. Um, but yeah, thank you again, guys. If you guys are watching on the replay, thank you so much. And if you're listening on the audio, million thanks to you. Don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV. Um, support local Hearts Foundation. Support the Hood Santa. Go follow them. Check them out. And um, subscribe to Profile Pod TV, TV on uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave a rate and review. Uh, hit, send me a DM. Always like, always like um, uh, interacting with the audience, man. So, um, once again, for Tito Rodriguez, the Hood Santa, I'm Double A. We'll see you guys. Um, I think this might be the last show. I'm taking the next two weeks off. Get real, taking time for the family. Um, I will see you next year. Shoot, the first week of January, guys. But I will be on uh, tomorrow night. I will be on Social Primates podcast. And then uh, next week I will be on Talking Again podcast with Fidel. So I'll be a guest on other on other podcasts. Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, um, I saved the. Uh, I mean, you know, Tito for for Tito's the Hood Santa man for Christmas time. So thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you, brother. Once again, everybody, thank you so much. Have a great night for Tito Rodriguez. I'm Double A, and always remember to take it easy.